What up, y'all? This is Anthony, and this is part two of our chat with Lil Buck. If you missed part one, it's right there on the podcast feed, but if you've already heard part one, you're in the right place. Let's pick up where we left off. Was there any level of a consciousness that you were like, I want to just keep pushing the boundaries of what my art can be to even how hip hop or Memphis Jookin or just even what you personally do as a mover? Like, was there any conscious level of like, I want to keep breaking barriers and keep breaking stereotypes of what people think this thing is? Yeah, there was actually, absolutely. Like I said, when I started to you know, be introduced to so many different dance styles and cultures and things, right? Then I started to learn a lot more about it. And, um, you know, it wasn't until I saw Gene Kelly and Fred Astaire and what they were doing with dance, right? And Nicholas Brothers and what mm-hmm. these guys were doing with dance. And, you know, it, I started to pay attention like, these guys are fucking incredible you know like they were like super that was the era of superstars of dance where these guys were were dance you know that was that era where dance wasn't behind the artist right yeah Mm -hmm. the dancers were known and highlighted as that artist and they were respected in that in that in that way you know you got earl snake hips tucker you know all the way back in the day he was respected for what he did you know, Buck and Bubble, I mean, uh, you know, the, the tap dancers, you know, you got all these different amazing people that were respected, highly respected for what they did. And I started to try to dissect that. And I was like, damn, what's the difference between what these guys were doing and what we're doing right now in street dance? And I looked at Gene Kelly Fred Astaire. I looked at Nicholas Brothers and these guys and I was like, okay, first of all, they suited to the nine. These motherfuckers <laughs> is fresh. Second of all, they're creating different ways of expressing themselves through movement, you know, not just out there dancing, but they're out there making short films or or make or creating concepts and stories around their movement in special ways, right? Like Gene Kelly, I don't know if it was Gene Kelly Fred Astaire, I forget embarrassingly, but one of them did something with this newspaper, right? And they and they was dancing with this newspaper where he was tap dancing and then he would mm-hmm. split the newspaper and he yeah. just kept going. You know, they were doing crazy, just like creative things and telling creative stories with what they were doing with their with their vernacular. And I was just like, man, I want to start, I want to start doing that. I want to start creating, you know, I, I want to just show people, you know, more of what this is. And I started thinking about how can I, how can I do that? Now, how can I set myself, you know, aside from other people in dance doing that? How can I? And then I started thinking about how can I make myself an artist like that? Like, how can I be perceived as an artist like that? Because I know a lot of dancers, you know, as time went on, it went from those superstars of dance to dancers, you know, supporting others, other, you know, uh, artists and stars, which is, you know, it's no knock to that at all. I support it. I'm a full supporter of that too. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like a collaboration. Like, if you see... Gene Kelly first said they're going to collaborate with an artist in this day, you know, mm, time. Yeah. There won't be dancing behind an artist. They're going right. to be collaborating with yeah. this artist. Yeah. So I was, that was always that. So that started to be my mindset and my mind, you know, I was just like, okay, how can I get people to respect what I do in my craft, but as an artist, not as just a, a regular background dancer. And I think that that thought came into my mind when I did my first music video out here in LA in Memphis. 
like I said, we didn't have any a lot of access. So like we used to think background dancers made millions of dollars. Honestly, <laughs> we would we would be at home watching TV, and we'd be like, me and my boys would be like, why the fuck is this person, this dancer in this video with them? I know I can joke way better than they dance and blah blah blah. But then we'd also see these dancers with the artists, and they would be fresh. You know what I'm saying? They'd be fresher than nine. They'd be dancing next to them. Like, they just living the best life. You're like, man, these folks getting paid thousands <laughs> of dollars just dancing next to this person, and they not even as good as us. <laughs> like, so that was us back in Memphis. So, like, we used to think they was balling, right? And then I came out to LA and got that reality, you know, when I did my first music video that- We're dancing out here as broke as hell. <laughs> we broke as a bitch. We dated. Broken in, I wasn't LA. LA just teaches you how to fake it till you make yeah, it real good. But like, so I, I came out and I, I think my first music video was Prom Queen, Lil Wayne. That was my first introduction into being a background dancer and living that life. And I was excited. And then I went from excited to what the fuck is going on because we was waiting like 13 hours for us to shoot one scene, which was crazy. They was just like unorganized and it was all for 100 bucks. Wow. And I was like, man, I'm staying here. What is going on? We doing all this for $100? And then you don't even get seen in the video, but for like a little flash of a second. And then I'm just like, I can't do this forever. <laughs> it was like, it reminded me of when I was working at McDonald's. I was just like, oh, I had these different Well, you could buy like, five joints with that $100. You know, you know what? Game plan the next exactly. day. That's all. But I was just like, this ain't the life that. I thought it was going to be, I got to try to find a way to make, you know, and then that's when I started thinking like, man, you know what? And I would watch these other superstars and then, like I said, and I would, that's when those thoughts would come into my brain. Like, yo, that's the difference. We got to, we got to bring that era back where like, we're respected as our, in our own rights as artists. And I was like, how can we do that? How can I do that for myself at least? So that's when I started to take you know, those, you know, those thoughts into consideration and actually moving on that. I was just like, okay, cool. I'm And I was street performing at the time. So I was just like, okay, cool. I can't be out here in sweatpants and blah, blah, blah and whatever. I got to actually try to invest into some clothes and actually look good and look decent so people can, you know, I, mean, I don't know, just, just so I can have that image where people would respect, you know, just like how Fred Astaire and how Nicholas Brothers and these guys were when they would put their stuff out and then I was just like okay cool I need to start thinking of different ways I can create with this for me it was just the power of collaboration you know I I knew the power of me juking and doing that street dance back in Memphis with that ballet company and you know we'd go out to different schools and I I would they would play classical music and I would juke to it and the kids would go fucking nuts and it would be life changing for them so I would so um you know, I would I would I would do things like that. I would just work on that. But then um what happened was I performed a swan and you know the dying swan. I performed to that song back in Memphis first. And um that that got recorded. It was for a school, the outreach program we did with the with the ballet company, and that got recorded. Next thing you know, when I was in living in LA, fast forward to me living in LA, Damian Wetzel, he was over the president's committee on the arts and humanities when Obama was in office and he had a, they had a whole committee on the arts and education and arts and humanities and um, Yo-Yo Ma was a part of that committee. And then Damien saw that video of me dancing to the swan and he was just like, I want to pair these two together. I want to pair Yo-Yo Ma with this kid. I think that could be something that's, you know, that just sparks people's brains and just, you know, 
maybe you know blends these two totally different worlds and totally different cultures and into one and i think that can create something dope with it so like he reached out to me and we made that happen and you know that blew up and the world just took that in like damn this is something special and that's when i was like okay cool like these people see me as artists you know what i'm saying when i perform to this or when i do this or when i just shift the, the perspective from like what people originally perceive what can be done with street dance. You know what I'm saying? Not just the street music, but when I dance to other vernaculars of music or when I collaborate with other different artists in this way. Because that was a collaboration. I wasn't dancing behind Yo-Yo. We were collaborating. Mm. So I was just like, oh, I got to collaborate with different artists to show people that this is what it is. I got to um, create art in different ways and and think innovatively on how I can put my art out there, put my dancing out there to show people that it's more than what it is. So that's when my thoughts started going into that, into that, into that world. And, um, you know, it really took off with me, you know, just genre bending between what I did in street dance with Memphis Jookin and in classical music. So that, that really started to take off. Then people started to appreciate it. Then I was getting, people started to make offers about me performing to, the swan or something that I've never knew was possible. Like I was getting paid crazy amounts of money just to perform <laughs> the swan. And I was just like, is that it? Is all y'all wanted me to do was dance to a classical song. And then y'all would actually perceive that as art. That's fucked up. <laughs> Cause I'm not doing nothing different. I'm not doing no ballet right. movements. I'm not, I'm joking. But the thing was, I started to break that down. Like, okay, cool. People, came up to me after that performance was like, oh my God, how long have you been, you know, formally trained or this and that when I wasn't doing no p- ballet pirouettes. I wasn't doing mm. no, none of that stuff. Right. I was joking, doing my thing. But when I started to think about, okay, uh, it was the way that the music, I let the music move me. For me, my whole approach to dance was to be, is to be a sponge of what, to whatever's music, you know, I'm dancing to and to let that speak to how I move, right? And um, so like with classical music, it kind of slows it down. So, and, 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 and with the swan, you know, it's a very elegant song. So I want it to feel elegant. I want it to feel light. It was a light song to feel light, song to feel elegant. It was a song about, a, a, a you know, a swan's last moments living. I wanted to emotionally bring all of that out. And that was starting to be my approach to movement. Like mm. just, you know, how can I, bring the best out of, you know, out of this music I'm dancing to? How can I tell that story, you know, as in-depth as possible with my movement? I started to do that and started to be more vulnerable with my movement. A lot of people, you know, started to really, you know, gravitate towards that. And in that, I I just took, you know, I just adapted that to anything I was doing, in, you know, in life in general, the different collaborations and people I dance to, the music I dance to, and people started to just like gravitate towards my approach on art. And then all these opportunities just started to come. Yeah. I mean, like, I think that's something that, um, as, as you're talking about perception of, uh, what is art, right. And like, yeah. oftentimes it's either something that's disruptive, like you're kind of disrupting something or you're kind of making people feel a little bit uncomfortable, but it's like, it, it, it always rides that edge of like, what is this? It's, but it's, it the reason why even the, the disruptiveness of it is interesting is because it makes you feel something. Like, it's like, ooh, this is like, mm-hmm. I'm used to this, but I'm not, you know? Like, it's familiar enough, but it's different. And, and for you, you know, it's something that, like, I can just see even just like, just the passion that you have to, 
towards what you do as a mover, um, you're bringing that element to it, right? And like you're, I think that's the thing that people see in you is the uniqueness of not only your movement ability and the ways that you're able to do things that people can only, you know, imagine, but like you're, you're, you're being willing to pair that and collaborate with things that people would not necessarily like jump to be like, oh yeah, that totally makes sense. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're working on a, a bunch of, you know, dope projects right now. You're working on stage shows and, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're working with Nike with your, your Memphis joking shows that you guys are doing the, the live stage shows. Yeah. Um, you're taking what works and then leaving behind what doesn't. And then you're finding your way along your path. And uh, this path that like you're on, right? The concept of success that we all wanna succeed in life. Oftentimes that involves career. Oftentimes that involves, you know, relationships and your own personal health and things like that. So with everything, with where you're at in your own life, in, in your journey right now, how would you define success in terms of where you're at now to where you feel like you you want to go eventually? I define success as, you know, honestly, just to continue to try to make my dreams come true and to, to be able to continue to try to reach the goals that I have personally in life and to have the opportunity to actually try to do these things. That's... Honestly, personally, success for me, you know what I mean? Because like I said, I came from Jack's Dilly Squad. So <laughs> yeah. I was just like, even to have this opportunity to be able to continuously try and be a sponge and find out what works for me and what doesn't work for me and reaching my goals and continuously do that and be able to still stay afloat, that's... That's success for me. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I don't define success as this one thing that I've that I've done, right. like of, of accomplishing this one goal. Because in in accomplishing one goal, you you develop an, another, and then you develop another, and you develop another. Because we grow as individuals, we grow. You know, uh, every day. So, and every day we grow, these thoughts and these goals grow into something else. You know, because you learn more about yourself, and you learn that oh, I might want this. Or I think I want this out of life. Or I'm at that point where I need this. So it's a continuous growth. And in continuous growth, you have continuously growing goals. Success is on that same trajectory for me. It's never, it's it's a never ending thing. It's not a thing that happens once something is done. It's good. It's good. Well, as we always like to do with our guests, we like to wrap the show with a quick little lightning round. So we're going to toss some quick fire questions at you. Let's go. And uh, here we go. Lightning in three, two, one. Who's your favorite superhero and why? Oh, why you do this to me? <laughs> uh, oh, my God. My favorite superhero is um, Aang, the last airbender. Okay. Dang. Okay. That's a unique one. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. I like that. No, well, good. yeah, yeah. He's, I mean, he's everything I ever wanted to be. What is your favorite shoe to dance in? My favorite shoe to dance in, I have two. My favorite, one of them is the classic Air Force One low top. And the other mm -hmm. one is the Griffies, the King Griffey Nikes, because they're durable, but they're also cool looking. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. What is a dream opportunity for you? A dream opportunity for me would be to dance at Salar 
the um the salt flats in Bolivia. Whoa. That's tight. <laughs> you, you ever heard of those salt flats in Bolivia that, that I feel reflect like if I the see sky? A, yeah, I feel like if I see a photo, I yeah, know what you're talking about. Yeah. But yeah. Wow, that's crazy. That's dope. What is your proudest moment? My proudest moment is making this Memphis Jookin show, making this Memphis Jookin tour. Because the the whole reason why I had to do all of this, which I'm still I'm always grateful for, is because we never had a platform in Memphis, Tennessee for our dance style at all. Like we never had a platform where we can actually excel as professional dancers. And knowing that we are professional dancers because of all the time we put into it, there's never been a platform to show people that. And I feel like this show that I've created has given especially dancers in Memphis, especially a platform to be able to show people, you know, who they are and how they're professional dancers and professional performers and should be considered that. So that's one of the most proudest things that moments in my life. That's dope. If you could have any superpower in the world, what would it be? To be able to control, I mean, to be able to levitate. Levitate. Levitate like yourself, levitate things like telekinesis, use your mind. Not myself, just myself. Just float. Yeah. You don't even want (laughs) to fly, you just want to float. I don't want to fly, I just want to float on demand. Get a couple inches off the ground. But you're already doing that with your glides and stuff. You're just taking away your entire glide repertoire. You don't know the dreams I have. You don't know know the training I've done just in case it actually happened. Like, you don't even know the preparation (laughs) that I've had mentally. Into like what my dance style would be like if I could just come up a little bit, even wow. even for even for like twenty seconds, just come off the ground a I little bit, you. then come back down, That's and dope. then just be able to control it. I wouldn't even overuse it. <laughs> I would you, just do it in, in spurts of moments that would just make it floating a for twenty seconds for straight is not overusing it. You just <laughs> that is overusing. Fully it, I'm just gravity, saying, yeah. I want to at least have that. That much time <laughs> yeah, to be yeah, able yeah. to do it before right. I have to come back down on the ground. I feel like you've like, thought about this a lot. Yeah. Oh, you don't even know. <laughs> yeah, I you don't even it. know. I but it. yeah, I I just want to levitate, man. Okay, okay. You don't have to share this, but uh, I'm gonna ask anyway. What's the most you ever got paid for a Swan performance? <laughs> oh, you know what? Oh, you know what? I'm gonna tell you. When I performed the Swan, that piece was created. From me freestyle juking to classical music, freestyle street street dancing to classical music, but doing that in a very vulnerable way to the music where people can actually actually feel like they're getting to know who I am personally. I didn't over try, I didn't over choreograph, I didn't overdo none of this stuff. It was all heart. So that being said, and the choreography just happened the more I did it. That being said. I think I got paid, uh, I want to say, just that? Just the swan. Like, just the swan? Just the swan. Probably like $45,000. Damn. Damn. That's a pretty <laughs> sick freestyle. That's a good freestyle <laughs> yeah. bag wow. right there. Yeah, that's, yeah. Not, that's not a bad Hey, but bag. honestly, I've seen that. I've seen that. I don't know which one, but I've definitely seen you do the swan performance before. And I remember thinking to myself, I was like, this is special. You had your head over your foot over your head. Oh, yeah. It was like <laughs> toe healing over to the side and stuff. Yeah. You're catching your foot over here. I'm like, okay, I can't do that. <laughs> that's that's yeah. different. Yeah, so that's is that's the most I got paid to do the swan. That's what's up. I, I say. 
That's amazing, dude. Well, you said street you, dance, right? Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. The places amazing. you can take it. Exactly, exactly. Well, you say you're a, you're a Bruce Lee fan, so uh, we love this quote from Bruce Lee. He says, "I fear not the man that has practiced ten thousand kicks once, but I fear the man that has practiced one kick ten thousand times." Right? Yes. Uh, the concept of mastery. What is something that you feel like you've mastered? Self patience. Mm. The ability to be patient with myself, mm-hmm. because that is, I mean, well, that's been a key in me learning as much as I've learned and taking the time out to learn as much as I learned to actually make sure I I become successful at what I do. A lot of people, especially in this generation right now, don't want to take all of the time out to, you know, to learn as much as they have to learn to, you know, to um, actually have a to, to build foundation for themselves and um and then learn more to to grow. It's like I, I see like I see Memphis Jukin as my foundation, right? Like if I if I, if it was a house, Memphis Jukin is the foundation, right? Memphis Jukin is the that that's the foundation you build for this house. And the bricks, all of that stuff. It's 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 all of that. It's what keeps the house up. And then all these other dance styles I've learned and forms of movement I've learned and, and ways of, of 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 taking that on and in 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 approach to dance I've learned is, is like all is how I decorate my house, right? It's all these other things that I can, you know, show off inside the house. And uh so I think it's in, you know, to have a complete home, you know, you gotta have foundation. A, a, a foundation is a big part of what you do. Um, so I don't, I mean, it's not, I don't consider myself a master of, of none, but I also don't consider myself a master of one. I don't know if that makes sense. Like I, I like Memphis Jukin, I, I've taken all the time and I'm still learning it. That's why I'm still learning more about this culture, you know, even up to this day, I'm still learning about more about what I can do with it. I guess, I guess that's because it's such a freestyle based dance. Like it's like. I love it, man. Um, well, I bro, them lightning rounds to just nah, it's all long good. ass soliloquies. It's all good. Sorry yeah. about that. They, they, 3000 they, here, man. they tend to do that. First of all, man, thank you for coming on and sharing your your incredible story. I think both Anthony and I just sitting over here, we're just like just getting dumped on with all this like inspiration, sure, but like what I'm getting from you, bro, is just your passion for what you do. Your pat, and I also feel like it, it's bigger than just like a personal goal it's not like it's about me and my dreams to become the best dancer like yeah sure you you can have that but i think you're you're what you're doing for the culture for um like putting memphis on the map like putting that style of dance like all your ogs the guys that came before you to the people who are your contemporaries to the future generations and and you really wanting to um, put it on for for the community of people that that brought you up, um, and and also dance as a whole. I feel like you're doing so much to push um, the category of dance, um, and and showing that it can't be just limited to um, a certain way of perception. Um, it 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 goes as far as your imagination can go, but you also are. Um, you know, you exemplify the hard work that it takes, the the hours and and the the blood, sweat, and tears, and you know, sore body. You know what I mean? Like you're putting in the actual work 
And so, um, man, that's personally just very inspiring. And like, um, yeah, dude, it's so cool to see um, the way that you see um, taking risks and, and but not just being reckless about just risking, you know, for no reason, but taking specific risks that are pointing you towards your path. Uh, that itself, I think, is really uh, inspiring to do or, because it's not easy to do that. You know what I'm saying? And, and I think it's your focus that drives you. So just wanted to acknowledge that and um, and just thank you for coming on and, and spending some time with us and sharing with us, man. Thank you for having me, man. Yeah, I man, really I'm, appreciate getting to talk I'm about so, this I'm so hyped to have you here because, like, uh, one, I've always known of you as a dancer. You've obviously made uh, quite a name for yourself and an impact in the community and, and, and doing such a unique thing. So that already stood out. So like getting Buck on here would be super dope. And the way that this even happened is we were just joking about this right before the pod started. The fact that we was in Rio together. And you That's where it was, me. Rio. Yeah, it, it was wasn't in Hawaii. It was Rio. Okay, <laughs> get it. Yeah. We was talking about how we was in Rio at a camp together. And then you wanted uh, to go see Christ the Redeemer, but via helicopter. And I want to see Christ the Redeemer, but I wasn't thinking about a helicopter. And you're like, hey, man, let's go on a helicopter. I was like, okay. And then you took me on this magical trip. And I'll never forget it. And you like wine to die me, and then that was the only time I ever saw you again, and that was it. Then you I gotta just make this, an impression on that first spot date. In my heart for you, you know what I mean? Uh, I think Kenzo was with us too, but yeah. But you know, that obviously turning to a one point of connection, just like you, you know, you coming up for a music video for three days and then meeting somebody, and you kept in touch with a year later. That being a point of connection and being like, yo, we got to bring this dude on the pod, and then being more so validated and and, and honestly just uh, an honor to have you here also because I think that, you know, there are parallelisms to the way that yourself and even like the Kindreds have like an ethos for like our, what we do in our mission, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that there's a lot of ways that similarly speaking, we've always aspired to just kind of like change the perception of dance, you know, whether it be from like a cultural point of view or, or the way people looked at us like as Asians, yeah. to even just the way dance was in general you know being able to like be you know the first crew to to get on stage like by ourselves not with an artist just to rep and perform in places like coachella or to like work with nike to build like the first ever high performance dance shoot yeah. like those are things that we also always were trying to just like hope for and dream for better something that we had never seen before we don't even know what to dream for because we just knew it hadn't happened yet and i see the same things in what you're saying and your actions as well you know what i mean taking dance to a place that's not even like what dancers could perceive it's just what other people perceive about dance mm -hmm. you know and yeah. and that's it's very inspiring to like have you in this space and, and like ben saying you know it's just uh so dope to have you here because that shit resonates for people like us and what we've done with our journey mm -hmm. as well you know so yeah. yeah, I appreciate that, man. And you know, you know what's crazy? I tend to ask people what they wanted to do with their lives. You know, people that aren't, you know, or don't get an opportunity to take that chance, right? Like what they want to do. Like when I go to Japan and see my mom, I mean my my wife's moms and my wife's family, and I'm, you know, I'm always asking, I'm, I'm asking her mom, asking her dad, what what did y'all have any dreams? When y'all was young, that y'all wanted to come true, or what? like you know, I'm, sometimes I find myself asking people that type of things because, like, and then I, I realize, like, I think I'm just, I think I'm just obsessed with, with, with accomplishing and taking it to the next level. Those little, those little, little things that I thought was so small when I was growing up, right? Or that were small for a lot of people, but were big for me, right? Like yeah. you know, what I'm saying I grew up poor. Then I grew up wearing bobos, non-name brand shoes, and then I would get talked about it for, and then. I'd be like, you know what? I want to, 
man, one day I'm gonna wear Nikes, and one day they gonna they gonna I'm gonna represent Nike. I'm gonna be a Nike, hmm. and then next thing you know, I'm doing all this stuff with Nike, and my show's powered by Nike, and then I end up being like, you know what? I like to look. I want to look good one day. I want to be able to dress fresh, and then. You know, taking that dream beyond and then, you know, doing everything I've done in the fashion world, you know? So, like, I'm just trying to, you know, make th- that little kid's dreams come true. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. That little kid, little buck's dreams come true. And right, yeah. uh, I'm having fun doing it and on that journey. And I'm glad, you- and I'm, you know, I appreciate y'all for letting me come here and, and just talk about that journey with y'all, man. And just be, you know, real yeah. candid and have this cool conversation. Well, speaking of journey, uh, what could people be on the lookout for? I know you got a show that you're doing. Yeah, so right now we're on the second half of our Memphis Jookin' the Show tour that has been touring. This is the second run of that tour. It's uh, it's pretty much in uh, a look into the Memphis Jookin' the Memphis culture in general, the Memphis culture of dance and of music through the lens of Lil Buck, through, through my lens. It's, it's a show that I produced and you know, co-choreographed and helped direct a little bit here and there. And yeah, it's a show that means a lot to me because it's, you know, showing people what we got in Memphis, showing people, you know, who we are as a culture and as, as dancers and um, and as artists. And I got another show that I'm working on with John Bugs with the Public Theater in New York that I can't say too much about, but it's it's big. Yeah, we got some, we we trying to, you know, we are always trying to break barriers and, 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 you know, with movement together. So like got a show coming up with the public theater and a film that we're working on together as well right now with a certain production company that's pretty hot. <laughs> God, that's uh, yeah. amazing, man. Got some, got, got a lot of big yeah. secret projects coming up that's, that's going to be definitely a good look. Um, just for the culture in, of dance in general yeah. and, you know, the culture of street dance and for us. So, yeah, that's what's yeah. up. How can people follow you, social, all that stuff? Yeah, people can follow me on, you know, all my social media is pretty much the same name at Lil Buck the Legend, D A Legend, L I L B U C K, D as in dog, A as in apple, legend, <laughs> the legend. Dope. You know, I came up with that name because I tried to. Put it in the atmosphere. I tried to say, you know what? When I was a kid, I came up with that name. And I was like, I want to be a legend when I grow up. I wanted people to remember me. So Lil Buck the Legend was born from that. That's Don't think I'm up. out there being cocky and shit. Like, he thinks he's <laughs> a legend. I was trying to speak it into existence. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So like, y'all can follow me at Lil Buck the Legend on my Instagram. That's also like, you know, Facebook.com slash Lil Buck the Legend. Uh, that's my Facebook. Y'all can follow me on all my social media platforms like that. And and yeah, LilBuck.com. Go to my website to, you know, find out what I'm doing, what I have done, and what's coming up next. That's what's up. That's what's up. Heck yeah. We'll plug all that in the in the description. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. If you're finding this episode by itself, we have a bunch more before this one. We have amazing guests just like Lil Buck. Um, If you are digging what we're doing, make sure you hit that subscribe button, like us. If you're really digging what we're doing, leave us a five-star rating, write us a review. Let us know what, what you like, uh, even what you don't like. We we, we, we got to grow, too. So uh, I'll make sure you follow us on socials. Kinja's podcast, Cast with the K, across all the things. Um, watch us on YouTube. If you're watching this on YouTube already, you already know. And uh, we'll see you guys on the next one. Peace out. Kinja bang, y'all.